Welcome back to a brand new episode of Tile Light Talk. This is Casey. And this is Chris. We're going to be calling this episode The Geek Over because we couldn't think of a name to just say for us talking about, <laughs> about geeky solid, news. Or a solid topic. That's it. This is a solid topic. We got a lot of news um, the last couple weeks. Uh, you know, last episode, it was a rehash of um, an old uh, Pursuit of Plastic episode. But most of you hadn't heard it, so, you know, sorry or not sorry, depending on how much you like uh, Marvel Legends toys. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you did enjoy it. Um, Honestly, uh, this month so far, guys, we're recording this on September 6th. Um, We've had our busiest month so far of all time. Yeah. Thank you for for listening. Um, whoever you are, I appreciate it. I, I look back, and it looks like a lot of you have just gone in and um, downloaded a lot of past episodes. Looks like the uh, Suicide Squad episode that we did was our most popular one so far. Uh, not of all time, but just lately. Um, so, you know, we really appreciate that, too. So it's actually our second most popular episode, now that I'm looking at it. Um, <laughs> What's our most popular it's uh we did an episode about um Star Wars. We did? Yeah. <laughs> did what's, we, Chris? What's the Star Wars? Yeah. Uh get ready, guys, because there's gonna be a lot <laughs> more of those coming in the next uh couple months. But it is it is almost Star Wars season again. So. It's it's coming up by the end of the month. Uh and you know, we are gonna say we might as well just say it now. Um, we'll be doing a a Force Friday episode again, or Farce Friday, as uh, Chris and I are dubbing it. Depending on how it turns out, yes. Uh, yep. I mean, we'll we'll be saving it for a Pursuit of Plastic episode. Uh, Farce Friday is September. I want to say it's September thirtieth, the same day that Luke Cage comes out. Um, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Good thing about that weekend, I'm actually not doing anything for once. So. <laughs> Don't, it'll be nice. Don't promise that. yourself that. Don't promise myself that, but it'd be nice to go get toys, watch Luke Cage, and just have a nice, relaxing weekend with my wife, watching Marvel. But um, anywho, that's the future. Right now, we're going to talk a bunch of geek stuff, and you, uh, you, you do realize that the only Star Wars toys you want are probably in Japan, right? So you're going to go over there and get them. I'm going to order them. They're going to come to my house. Sometimes you never know. Like there'll be like those weird like. Every once in a while, I'll pick up like a micro machine, you know what I mean, or like a, a Funko. There, there'll be some random one-offs that I'm gonna want. Oh, I'll yeah. probably get every version of K2 SO. Um, <laughs> he's my yeah. new, uh, um, what's his name, uh, Kylo Ren for this year, where I just get every single version of the character. Well, at least we know Hasbro won't fuck that one up. No, nope. It's a robot. It doesn't have a face. They won't screw it up. But anywho. Let's get into the news. Uh, we're going to break this down kind of by category. First category would be DC. Um, big announcement that Chris actually shared with me yesterday. Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy uh, were speaking about um, the killing joke, amongst other things, and they mentioned that a couple other storylines might be coming for DC animated films, which would be Hush and Death of the Family. Um, this is pretty interesting news. Uh, Chris and I actually recently just talked about in one of the uh, episodes about um, 
what we'd like to see as far as Batman storylines that get turned into video games. Uh, we didn't go into animated movies, but these are two of them that I, I think they made our list for video games. At least Hush did. Um, what do you think about it? I think I think that with the popularity of um, with the popularity of the Killing Joke, no matter how we we felt about it or how some of the fans felt about it, it's it's selling. Um, it you know these these DC animated movies have been selling really really well, and you know they. They really said it's hard to do. Before it was hard to do outside of the Batman universe. Um, they've been kind of pushing more and more other characters. But when you're doing a solid Batman movie, those those animated movies sell. And I, I would love to see Death in the Family, and I would love to see Hush. Yeah, I would like to see both of those. Um, and we were talking about it off air. Hush, I think could could definitely be done. Um, I would want to see a two part story. I want to see something like they did with the Dark Knight Returns, split it up into two parts, you know, release that other mega set like they did, which was awesome, you know, get Jim Lee on there to talk about it and, and just go really in depth with things. Um, you know, death, is it a death in the family? Because I know the other part with Scott Snyder was death of the family, right? Oh, yeah. What did they, what did I they think say? It's a, I, they showed the picture of Jason Todd dead. Yeah. So I yeah. think it's death in the family. Yeah. So death um, in the family. Um, I don't know about that one. That one to me is going to be, you know, I guess the way that you could do it is that they kind of did the same thing with like the red hood and that movie is amazing. So it's like, you got to give me more Jason Todd backstory with Batman. And then you got to get into, you know, the thing with the Joker it's, and it's also going to end kind of like, I won't say like on a cliffhanger necessarily. It's the same thing with the killing joke, except for not like it's like, there was a continuation after that. The killing joke was its own separate story. So like, I don't know how they, they end that movie. I guess for me, not to say that I wouldn't want to see it. Cause anytime that Mark Hamill's the Joker and, and uh, Kevin Conroy's Batman, I'm going to be there. It just seems a little bit more murky than doing something like, the long Halloween, you know what I mean? Or even no man's land stretch it out to like five movies, but like nightfall, those things are, yeah. Wow. Nightfall would be a dream come true. And I, I imagine that's something really big that they'll have up their sleeve. Maybe after the Batman solo movie, maybe they'll work in Bane into that movie. Who knows? Um, anyway, you know what? As a side note, as long as I said that, like I would love to see maybe like nightfall or, um, um, no Man's Land. They do like a web series where it's like they do like team up with Makima or something and do like episodic, uh, like a mini, like a mini series basically, and just do it up, you know, the right way. That would be kind of cool to see. Uh, big stories like that, I think. Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. No Man's Land, Nightfall, um, and even a, a bit Hush. You could get a you could get a series on it. You could flesh it out. Um, definitely the first two. I could see a 12-part series. Um, I could see it being very popular. One of the good things about the animated films, though, is that you do it in that... It's not. It's only like an hour and maybe 10 minutes. and never really even an hour and a half. Um, but then it's done. You sell it. It's over. Once you go and release a series, the problem is, is that people then want more. And it's going to be hard to say... That's all you get, unless 
you do like a almost like an American Horror Story. Like it's like okay, here's your first twelve part series, No Man's Land. Your second twelve part series is Nightfall, and then go on, go on from there, and then you kind of do appeal to the audience. So a few different routes they can go. Um, I'm excited. Definitely, definitely. I mean these these movies are around to stay. There's plenty of characters, even outside Batman, that they can do. We've got some great ones coming up that are already announced, so bring it on. I mean, come on. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of movies that are doing really well, other than The Killing Joke, uh, Suicide Squad is doing well in the uh, domestic box office. It's just past $300 million. It is the eighth movie in 2016 to do that. Um, which, given that we're more than halfway done with the year, shows you how shitty the box office has been uh, this year. And most of those movies have been animated. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty insane that it's um, it's already surpassed Man of Steel um, as far as, like, the DCEU movies. So um, despite, you know, some of our, our talks, and you can listen to our Ballroom Blitz episode to hear more about it, it's it's making money. Yeah, um, and that's the thing is like, what happens when DC actually makes a really good movie? You know, it's it's gonna blow everything out of the water. I mean, people are ready. I mean, the market's here. That everybody's going to see these movies no matter what. Um, it, it already shows it as longevity versus Batman versus Superman. So uh, at least at least it's getting some praise, uh, and and that it's a good it's a good step forward. So. It is. I had a I had a talk with um, one of the uh, those geeks you know hosts. Well, actually, both of them, uh, Bob and Dave, on the other podcast on our Tall Light Talk Network, and um, just talking about how the many plot holes there in Suicide Squad. And Bob sounded like typical forum, you know, like user, like oh, you know, Marvel, everything's cookie cutter and DC's going dark and they're, they're doing these gods and they're doing these darker themes and there's an audience out there. And you know what? The box office is saying that despite a silly uh, third act that breaks down to almost like a parody of itself, people are going, people want that quote unquote dark storyline, even though Joker didn't punch Harley even once. Not that I condone domestic violence, just saying. Well, I mean, nor do I. And it's kind of disturbing when you see these people compare their relationships to those uh, those two. So, I mean, we live in a kind of fucked up world. So, whatever floats your boat. Getting punched by your boyfriend, it's okay. But apparently people are going to see this movie. Um, one movie that's not going to get seen, probably ever, <laughs> by my estimate, is uh, the Gambit movie. Um, Doug Lyman. Uh, originally um, attached to direct it, Doug Lyman uh, recently did um, All You Need Is Kill or Live, Die, Repeat or what was the other actual name that they gave it? Now that I can't think about it. I just gave the, Tom, the Korean the name. The Tom Cruise movie? The Tom Cruise movie, yeah. Edge of Tomorrow? Um, yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. All three of those are the actual name of it. Edge one of Tomorrow the, was one of the greatest movies I've ever watched in my life. Absolutely. It really was. It's stunning. It's fucking beautiful and you know, was really excited to see someone of his, his caliber, Doug Lyman, um, jump on to direct Gambit, even though I still didn't think the movie was getting made. Now he's gone. 
I definitely don't think the move's getting made, but he is attached to what will be sure to be changed to the title, Justice League Dark. What do you think? Please, please give us a Justice League Dark movie. I mean, it's 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 something that, you know, Marvel is only starting to kind of touch on with the magic world. It's something that if DC could get a really a grasp on, they couldn't really get a grasp on it in the TV world. So it's time to really put out something serious. We'll see the animated movie later. Uh, I think it's next year, early next year. Uh, it'll be a good introduction. And then hopefully this movie gets made because DC deals with a lot of magic stuff. Magic is a huge facet in that universe. And I think that um, introducing it through a movie like this, where people are familiar with characters like John Constantine and Swamp Thing, and already Enchantress, and um, you know, at least they kind of, even though I, don't, I, I think it was kind of unbalanced the way they did it with Suicide Squad, um, I think that uh, this is something that they could really get get a little step on with, you know, ahead of Marvel, unless you know they don't do it quick enough and Doctor Strange really takes off. So, but really, Doctor Strange is the only thing they really have in that in that realm. So we'll have we'll have to see how how the fans react to that. Yeah, a couple of things. Um, Justice League Dark, well, A, I don't think they're going to keep that name. I think that it's confusing to the general audience. I think it was a weird thing to do when they did it in the comics. Just, I don't know what you're going to call it, Dark Warriors or something, whatever you want to call it, just call it something else. But my my points are, uh, well, A, the, the team, right? John Constantine, Dead Man, Swamp Thing, as you said, uh, Etrigan the Demon. Sure. Zantana. Sure. Who else did I say? That's it. That's the team, right? That's Justice League Dark. There's a there's um, a few others, but those are the those could be your mainstays if you want. I, well, they announced it in the. Oh, they did. They did. Um, they did not announce that Jeff Johns was attached as a producer, which I thought was interesting, um, given that he's their Kevin Feige right now. It's a little different um isn't it kind of still early that you know i mean we kind of just have to assume that he's attached to it i mean really that's where i'm at too it's like i'm just assuming he just didn't put his name on the press release but he will sorry guys it sounds like justice league dark is world war three yeah um one other thing of note that i was going to say though is it seems like dc is interested in doing team movies more than solo flicks with the except like you got um you know batman vs superman is more or less a team you got suicide squad you'll have justice league you got justice league dark and i almost want to bet my money right now in 2016 that the cyborg movie will become a titans movie not a teen titans movie but a titans movie I'm, I'm placing my bets on that right now. I would like to see that happen. Um, and I think that's probably the best, the best way to do it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, then again, you know, what's weird is that they are making kind of the Flash movie a buddy, a buddy movie with Cyborg appearing in it. Uh, so That's a rumor. It's a rumor, but if he does which I really don't really want to see happen. I'd rather just see a flash movie and just have maybe cyborg show up and 
maybe help him at the end. But I just don't want to see too much of a mishmash when you're trying to do these standalone hero movies. I mean, you're looking at like Batman versus Superman all over again. But what you're saying yeah, I mean, about Wonder- these key movies, it makes sense. But Wonder Woman well, maybe be that really the first, you know, I guess that really first true standalone besides Man of Steel. Right. And, um, yeah, because I can't see her other than a post-credit sequence where she, you know, like, I bet you the post-credit sequence for Wonder Woman is it's now she meets up with Batman. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing that I can really think of is, is uh, for her. So, um Anywho, okay, so that's that's Justice League Dark. We both want to see it, and, you know, hopefully it does uh, come to pass. And, you know, Guillermo del Toro was attached to that movie for a long time, and then he had to leave because he does, like, 18 different things at once. I think that given the success of Suicide Squad being a little bit darker and a teen, I think that they're going to try to kind of ride that wave for a little while. Go for it. Okay, so last week we saw Ben Affleck uh, tease a uh, video of Deathstroke, seemingly behind the scenes, I'm going to say of Justice League because it's still shooting. Um, It was one of the most badass things I've ever seen, and I flipped out, um, and the question came up, is he going to be the main villain in the Batman solo film? Uh, or is he just um, in the Justice League, or how does he fit into the DCEU? I have my thoughts, but let me know what your thoughts are. My idea is just what you said. I mean, they've, they're shooting Justice League right now. I mean, Batman movie, it's not really, you know, it's announced. It hasn't really been moving forward unless it's been moving forward in the dark. But I, you know what, I don't want to see... Deathstroke be the main villain of Batman. It doesn't make any sense to me when you're when you've lightly introduced the Joker, um, and then what? What's what are we going to do? Just have the Joker sitting on the sidelines still? I mean, what was the point of introducing him in Suicide Squad if if he's not going to be a mainstay and be the main villain of the Batman movie? Because that just I don't know. It it just it just seems to make more sense of why Jared Leto would sign on to play the Joker. Unless they're going to do something in the Justice League movie where it's, you know, like a Legion of Legion of Doom, you know, eventually. But they're doing Darkseid, so who knows, man? Who knows what's going on? The only thing I said, like you said, I'm super pumped to see Deathstroke show up. My thought process is we're going to see him maybe in the post-credits or maybe in the end credits. Or maybe, or maybe he does show up and actually fight the entire Justice League. I could, I could actually see that. Um if you're if you're looking closely, given the set descriptions that we saw, in the background behind Deathstroke is the Batmobile, and he's coming off of the hangar of um, I think it's called the Fox, like Batman's giant warship thing, that I think will be like Justice League's like uh, helicarrier until they decide to go to space. Um, what I think is. Either, you know, maybe Lex Luthor hires Deathstroke to take out, you know, those characters for this film. Um, I do think that if he is going to show up in Batman, and he still could, he could still show up in both movies. I think it's going to be, because I've heard a couple rumors now. It's either Joker is going to 
like kind of uh, unleash everybody out of Arkham and Batman has to go to Arkham and, and fight them all, kind of like that video game. Or, like Arkham Origins, Black Mask is going to be the main guy and hire a bunch of assassins to kill him. And then I believe we would find out that he is, spoiler alert if you haven't played Arkham Origins, the Joker. Um, I think I could see number one for sure. I could see number two a little bit, but I still think it's going to be Joker's masterminding a bunch of villains to go fight Batman. He pays money as a, you know, Gotham crime lord that he is to, to Deathstroke to fight him. But, or, you know, Deathstroke shows up in Justice League and just shows up again in a Titans movie where Cyborg's a leader. You go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fine. Um, I also would like to see maybe the pre story of Batman Joker before he became gangsta Joker, um, before he got punched in his grill. You know, I kind of would like to almost see a prequel Batman movie, maybe of how they killed the Robin, um, you know, who the Robin, who Robin was at that time, just kind of like build this Bat mythology without the weight of the rest of the DC universe on top of it. This whole, um, and maybe that's why they really haven't announced when the Batman movie is going to be released yet, because maybe it takes place either before this timeline, which I would like to actually see that happen because not, not like a, not like a full flashback, but enough of a flashback that we know what was going on before this older Batman entered the scene and, and developed the, the justice league. So um, maybe because of all the flack they got from the joke, like the look of the Joker, um, they've explained it, why it happened that way. Um, I think they could just go a little bit deeper into the Batman mythos by not having um, the rest of the cinematic movie universe sitting on top of it. And the Batman movie could actually, could actually, you know, do really well without having to tie itself in totally with what's going on. Like Ant-Man. Which I, <laughs> right. I, uh, it's hard. I can, you know what I mean? Like I, I do agree with you. Um, I don't think that they're, other than flashbacks, I don't, like the Suicide Squad, I don't think they're going to go and give us a prequel movie, per se. Um, where do you think Deathstroke fits in, though? What's I think, just fan theory? Um, I would, you know what, I would like to see him, like you said, maybe he just shows up as kind of like, as kind of like an assassin in the Justice League. Um, like the new guy, like, Steppenwolf knows what's going on and wants to stop them from like teaming up. So he sends, you know, he has like some of the human lackeys like hire Deathstroke to go and try to assassinate, you know, like um, Bruce Wayne and and try to stop him from forming the Justice League or something like that. And he has to fight him. I could see that too. Any thoughts on who would play him? You know, some of the names getting thrown around. Um... Joe Mangianello from uh, True Blood, El Cid. Uh, that's been one for a long time. Um, also, on the short list, which I didn't even think about, but uh, Clive Owen was on the list. Um, trying to think of who. It was, there was about 15 people on the list. Jew Law was on the list. Matt Damon was on the list. But any thoughts as to who you'd want to play or want to play uh, Deathstroke? You know, I... I don't have an exact one. I'd have to really give some thought to it. I don't want, I don't think Matt Damon would be that good. Um, no, absolutely not. Jude Law, I don't want to see him play 
Deathstroke. Um, but you know what? The funny thing is, like, with this whole rebirth initiative, they've they've gone back with Deathstroke. He's a little bit younger. Um, so I mean, there's plenty of possibilities of the actor they could bring in to play him. Um, so you know, when we get a little bit more information on the character and where he's like kind of fit in, and I'll I'll give you an answer next time we talk about this. But as of now, I don't I don't know. I'm just happy to see the character showing up in and looking like that. It's a really cool combination of like the video game look, the arrow look. Um, so it's it's cool shit. I saw a um, side-by-side comparison. It was like when your dreams become reality, the left-hand yeah. side was like the arrow one and the right-hand side was the Ben Affleck one. And it's like, I, I, didn't, I didn't hate his Deathstroke outfit. I always loved the mask in Arrow, but the outfit I was like, eh. And, um, you know, but when you see that, that movie budget, which is like, who knows how much more like probably for a tv show they probably get 10 million dollars to do a tv show whereas like they get like 150 250 million dollars you can tell that they spent like five million dollars just to make that one costume it it is pretty crazy go on i I get it um but then again remember in arrow we got two versions of deathstroke so i mean we had we had the guy that was on the island with like that that more like not armor deathstroke suit uh which was really cool and then i mean when he when he puts the armor on, I mean, it's it really isn't that bad of a look. And as a fan of you know of Deathstroke and stuff, I really I really enjoyed Manu Bennett's portrayal of that character in the show. And it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome to see it take the next step in the cinematic universe. Yeah, absolutely. Manu Bennett, like or Crixus, as I call him from um, uh, from Spartacus, I'll never not like that. And I think he did an amazing job as Slade Wilson. Um, it's just the costumes. That's all. <laughs> we don't, you know, who knows what this actor is going to be like. They're going to have to be as good as Manny Bennett. And even though he's mostly a TV actor, he did a really good job. He did. And I just got what, done watching Shannara Chronicles and another great show he was in. So, uh, Speaking of uh, Arrow, though, um, Katie Cassidy has confirmed that she'll be back as Laurel Lance in the season five premiere of Arrow. Uh, she had, spoiler alert, died in last season. Um what do you think of this? I think that she left the show to take some acting lessons. Um, we'll see. No. Um, you know what? We knew that, you know, we were spoiled not too long ago about the fact that she had signed a contract across all four shows to show up. So uh, it's interesting to see this. And with the Flashpoint Paradox happening this season, there's no telling what's going to happen. Um, there's no way that Black Canary is gone from this universe. Black Canary is a mainstay in the, uh, the Green Arrow world. So, you know, whether or not there's a new person going to be playing Black Canary or they're going to bring back Katie Cassidy, Laurel, Laurel Lance will be back. And um, she'll probably be back for good, I think. I actually don't mind Laurel Lance. Um, she got better. Well, uh, Laurel Lance. Black Canary is where I get a little iffy with her, but I don't mind her as Laurel Lance. So... I you know I've liked Katie Cassie for a while. She used to be on um, she's be on Gossip Girl. She might have even been on OC. So I've liked that actress for a long time. I know the casting director for the OC also did Gossip Girl. Also does all these CW shows, and they tend to kind of 
stick together. Um, you know, you see a lot of these actors show up again. So, hey, whatever. If she's back, she's back. We'll see what happens. And, what you know, like you said, with Flashpoint. So should be interesting. Cool. Uh, another, another, sorry, uh, TV announcement for the uh, Berlanti-verse, as we like to call it, for all those CW shows. Greg Berlanti produces all of them. Uh, apparently, he's going to be bringing Black Lightning to uh, television I'm going to let you take this one. I'm not really familiar with this character, so uh, tell me what this is all about. I'm I'm not super familiar with Black Lightning. I've seen him, you know, in the in the animated verse. He's shown up in like the Justice League shows. Um, they did like a short with him on one of those um, one of the shorts before the movies, I believe. Uh, so you know, it's just he's a street level vi- uh, hero that got like lightning powers, uh, and then his his kids got them and I, I you know, I'm going to stop it right there because I don't know that much about them. But the thing that kind of is weird is that previously it was announced that they were not going to develop any more sh- superhero shows. So now they get, now they announced what we're going to do black lightning. All right. That's cool. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, opposed to them continuing to grow this verse because, um, I think a great way to do it is to introduce him in this, in one of the four shows um, and then build from there. See if, you know, see how it takes off. I mean, it's like how they did the Vixen shorts as animated. Then she shows up in legends. Um, I'm sorry, an arrow. And now, you know, her grandmother or the first person who had the, uh, the token before her is going to show up and, and is going to be, you know, is going to be the Vixen. Also, Side note: They did announce another animated show about a JSA character, and I I'm going to skip the name for now. But this this uh, this universe is blowing up, and I think that I think that they were just kind of being conservative when they said they were not going to develop any more shows. But why stop when you have a good thing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the same thing with like saying that um, the Arrow is only going to be grounded in reality. Well. Clearly that got all fucking flips upside down in season two when the flash gets introduced. So, you know what I mean? It's just like, you can say whatever you want to say, but you should pretty much get on record now saying, you know what? Anything can happen. We don't know what's going to happen because every time we say something, it changes. Um, I don't know if you know this or not. Is black lightning going to be its own TV show? Like, it's coming to Friday. So they're literally taking Monday through Friday, or is it going to just be a character who shows up, on one of the shows or maybe all the shows in a crossover or something, or, or I, is it just going to be a cartoon? Do you know? This is, this is what they're saying. Uh, let me just, let me read this to you. Okay. It's in the works from Gray Berlanti, an actual show. Okay. Um, let's see. Let me just, it was announced by deadline. Da, 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 da. Um, that sounds good. The creator of Being Mary Jane, The Game, and her husband. So we got Mary Brock, Akil, and Selim Akil are going to team up for, with Berlanti to bring Black Lightning to TV. Um, so it's being pitched at this time. So I mean, I don't know. It's 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 probably on it's probably on the you know it's on it's on the drawing boards and it's and they're going to say. Could this happen? Um, sure. Why not? Yeah, hey, 
Monday, well, every day, seven day Berlanti, you know, I can deal with it. If it all ties together to their CW uh, verse, I mean, that's, that's one huge thing that DC has over Marvel right now is that at least their CW verse is all connected hashtag. Um, and they've been doing a good job. Uh, the shows are fun. Bringing Supergirl back onto that or onto that network is a genius move. Um, only thing I can say is like I really wish Constantine would have got picked up for season two. Uh, I, I still don't know why in a Friday time slot. Sure, because like with that crossover appeal, throwing a character or you know characters together, it just makes sense. The only thing I can think of is it would be all of our wishes who are Constantine fans that you know when they announce these Justice League Dark things maybe matt ryan is slated to be in the movies instead so who knows i doubt it but you know a geek can wish hey he's already the voice in the in the animated movie so right we could only we could only see that with the test of time that things could happen so um so the other couple things we're going to talk about dc wise are comic books um you put in that uh so at san diego comic-con uh, DC announced a young animal pan- panel. Can you go into this? I'm going to let you kind of run the next two categories here. Yeah, so I knew a while back that Doom Patrol, a new Doom, Doom Patrol series was announced. I, had, I really enjoyed you know Doom Patrol when uh, Grant Morrison wrote it. Uh, I enjoyed the old Doom Patrol. So it's a really, really kind of an off, off-keel, uh, odd superhero story. It's just, you know, it's a fun time. So when I heard that it was coming back again, I was like, all right, I'm going to pick it up. But then I started, I'm reading all my Rebirth titles, and I misses, I totally must have missed the, the palette completely, SCC anyhow, that there's a new um, imprint coming from DC called Young Animal, which is kind of a strange name. Um, I, really, I really thought that maybe, that maybe um, why, why would it not be part of Vertigo or anything like that? But it looks like, it looks like they're just going to try something new and edgy, I guess. But we have four titles coming out of that, and it's kind of it's going to be ran by Gerard Way uh, from My Chemical Romance, also the Umbrella Academy. So we have four four titles: Doom Patrol, Cave the Changing Girl, Cave Carson Has a Cybernetic Eye, and Mother Panic. Very, very interesting uh, to see DC continuing to kind of grow their uh, to grow their label. Especially with characters do exist within the DC comic uh, universe, like in Gotham City and different things like that. So I'm going to pick up the first issues and definitely, uh, definitely uh, at least give my thoughts on it later. Okay. Hey, man. I like Umbrella Academy by Gerard uh, Gerard Way. I can never say his name five times fast. Um, you know, I don't. I don't really know much about these titles, but DC has been doing a really good job lately uh, with you know the rebirth, and we're gonna go a little bit into that. So for right now, you know, like I, I trust it. It's it's weird that they're going off and, and doing another imprint that seems. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's weird or not. Like Marvel's got like Icon, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think it has like, which is basically, you know, Millerverse, but. Um, <laughs> whatever you know if that's where i gotta get my comics you know do you, are they gonna stick at the 
at the two ninety nine price point, or are they going to cost more? Do we know? I mean, I don't know. I guess I could look it up, but I'm not going to spend the time right now. But I'm going to say they're not. Okay. All right. Well, say, because I mean, there's there's uh, there's rebirth titles that are. I mean, I just bought that Suicide Squad special is four ninety nine. You know, so it's like or I'm three ninety nine. It was more than a normal one. So I mean, they're not they're not going to stick to that two ninety nine for every book. I know that. Okay. Uh, speaking of rebirth, though, um, did you want to kind of go into like what you've been liking, what you've not been liking? Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. What do I? What I'm reading right now is um, I'm reading Batman. I love the Batman Detective Comics. I'm pleasantly surprised by. It. I didn't think that I was going to read this on a regular basis. I really thought that I would be reading Action Comics because I was really interested in that, but I kind of dropped that in lieu of this. Um, though I've heard all the Superman books are really top notch right now, but I'm not really a big fan. Um, Green Arrow is amazing. Uh, the the funny thing about Green Arrow right now is that they're really shaping it to be kind of like to be like the TV show in a way, um, but kind of how the TV show should be. Uh, so anybody who who's been thinking about picking up that title, I really do recommend it. Um, I, I was reading The Flash. The Flash has been okay. I was going to drop it, but I ended up picking up the last couple of issues. Anyhow, it's it's okay. I'm not I'm not sold on it. I would love them to go forward with it uh, in a different direction. Then let's make I won't spoil anything. Let's see, Aquaman. I dropped it, but it's good. I just can't afford it. <laughs> and what else? Besides, Besides Squad is. Almost identical to the movie team, but they're doing like heist things and like things that they should have been doing in the movie, and it's actually really interesting. So I'm really, really enjoying that title so far. Yeah, that's a. I mean, we talked about it in the movie episode. It really just needed to be more grounded in reality. So I'm glad that they're doing that in the comic. Um, I'm heavily into Wonder Woman. Yes, me too. As, I, as I've been since you know Brian Azzarello, just ever since the new 52 she's one of my favorite characters now um i never read a wonder woman comic in my life and now i love that character you're welcome uh, exactly batmans both batmans have been fantastic um i'm getting i'm giving a little bit of edge to detective comics and the only reason why I, we talked about this the other day like yes i love to see batman solo um i absolutely do but I feel like I'm going to get my solo Batman fix out of all-star Batman. And I mm-hmm. like him with the team. I like that he has to deal with people. Like you don't, you don't see it too often. Um, so Batman incorporated or whatever they want to call it. it it's fucking awesome. Um, what else have I liked? Green Arrow, as you said, Green Arrow is fantastic. I like the weird drawing. It's almost like anime style. Yes. Really thin, wiry characters, but it works for the comic. Um, Flash, I am okay with, uh, Titans, uh, digging it. Um, yeah, Titans is good. Wally West being back is very, very good. Um, I haven't, I have not read any of the, the Superman stuff because yet again, I don't give a shit about that character. Um, I've been reading also Nightwing. Nightwing's been really good. Some people don't like it. I don't know why it's it's actually the last episode, uh, issue was excellent. Um, to kind of touch on what you were saying about Titans, 
Titans is, is an interesting book because I feel like if I don't read it, I love Wally West. Wally West has always been one of my favorite DC characters anyhow, but it seems like that's the book where we're going to get the main rebirth story out of eventually. Um, so I'm always afraid to kind of be like, well, I'm going to not read this because it, it's going to go up or down. I'm going to read it anyhow because I really, you know, Teen Titans I'm not going to touch because, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just like I'm not a big Damien, Damien fan. Um, I'd rather see Nightwing leading the Titans and all my favorite old Teen Titans be there. It's kind of a weird, weird mishmash. But are you reading all the uh, all the Rebirth number ones, like the the specials? Are you picking those up? Yes. What do you mean? Like you know where they the ones that introduce all the series, not the yes. actual. Okay. Um, so those have been I've been reading those. Those have always been pretty good, and they actually have forced me to pick up number one issues of other ones. So I've read like Deathstroke has actually been. An interesting comic. I've enjoyed that. Birds of Prey was good. Uh, Batgirl is good. It's really, it's a really difficult time to be a DC fan and and not try to spend a lot of money. So, I mean, they. <laughs> what's crazy, is that they're doing quality and quantity. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like and I mean, it's it's amazing price point. But the quality, like they, they really did spend some money to get some good fucking writers, and it shows. And you know, not to say, like I've been a DC fan, but I've always been a pretty more uh, avid Marvel reader. And this is the first time in as long as I can remember where I am reading DC way more than I'm reading Marvel. And I and I and what I've read from Marvel, I haven't even had anything bad from Marvel. It's just the fact that DC's drawing me in more marvel's marvel's suffering right now from the the big crossovers and the i I talked to my comic book guy about this it's just like the way he puts it he has a hard time selling parents on on the price point of the books along with the fact that if you pick up a tie-in you have to go pick up these other eight issues to really understand what's going on da 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 well dc is just like they're putting out these individual books. Yes, there's a little bit of crossovers, but you're only getting like team crossovers where it's like you'll pick up a few issues and that's it. Um, you're getting two books a month that are, it's telling a pretty good story versus one issue a month where you, maybe you're paying a dollar less, but you're definitely getting less substance for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, let's jump over to Marvel now, you know, just because we can, we should. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's talk about what Marvel's doing right. Well, well, been doing right for a decade now. The TV show, the movies, you mean? <laughs> Not yeah. the TV show, the movies. Um, yeah, the first thing that we saw, we saw Shocker on the set of Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, I don't know if it's been confirmed 100% that Bokeem Woodbine is playing Shocker. That's been the rumor. But, um, you know, the, the image that we saw was somebody in a, in a Shocker outfit uh, very much more practical, like someone can actually make it, not a comic book outfit. You know, I had a vest, I had, you know, pants. Um, but he did have the, uh, the the seismic chargers on his arm uh, that controls the seismic blast. And, um, yeah, I, I, I thought he looked badass. He had the colors, the webbing kind of thing around him, and the, and the yellow, the mustard yellow. It was... Um, it was pretty fantastic to see. What did you think? 
Yeah, I mean, first place, who gives a shit about the shocker? And if you're going to bitch about it, then shut the fuck up anyhow, because if you're going to bitch about what Marvel does in their movies, then who the fuck are you to even say anything? Because they, they've proven that they're doing the right thing over and over again. And now they're teaming up with Sony to bring us the Spider-Man movie we've always wanted. Um, so until you actually see it in, in action, besides these first stolen pictures and the ones that now Marvel actually had to swoop in behind and reveal official picture of, like, keep your mouth shut until you actually see something. We don't know what's going to happen. We know the Tinkerer is part of this movie. So maybe he goes and fixes his whole costume that way. Maybe he's just a villain that he fights at the beginning of the movie. I mean, Paul Giamatti was in Amazing Spider-Man 2 for maybe a combined seven minutes, and he's a big-name actor. So it's like, what what do you really, you know, what do you have to say as a fanboy to really put this down? You know, it's 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 a few photos. So I think, hey, bring it on. I can't wait for this movie. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Um Speaking of movies again, uh, Doctor Strange had um, a little bit of reworking done or reshoots, and Dan Harmon from Community uh, got asked to rework the script a little bit, I think adding a little bit more of that um, that humor. Uh, Community is also where the Russo brothers come from, so, you know, obviously Marvel keeping it in the family. Uh, probably the Russo brothers are like, hey, Dan Harmon's, you know, funny guy. He did Rick and Morty as well. I mean, the guy's on a roll. Um, probably that Shambhala line about the uh, the Wi-Fi password. I could see that being a Dan Harmon joke because I don't see Doctor Strange being an all-in-out funny movie because uh, there's going to be a lot of heavy shit going on. But what do you think about that? The Russos own the Marvel Cinematic Universe in my in my eyes, and they, uh, you know, bring on Dan Harmon. That's fine because we have the Russos moving on to doing the Infinity War, you know, movie. They're going to be working on the next Avengers movie, so them working with people they're comfortable with, Marvel putting together a team of you know talented people to continue their uh, growing the movie universe. It's a beautiful thing. Sure is. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't wait. And Dan Harmon getting added to anybody's script, it's got to be good. Um, next up, we're going to switch gears and go a little bit into the TV realm. We got our first look at Robbie Reyes as Ghost Rider um, on the set of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I stopped watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it's one of the most disappointing shows I've ever seen. What did you think of this image, though? Um, I believe that when you use Robbie Reyes' Ghost Rider, you've run out of ideas. Um, <laughs> okay. I think I think that's what they say in Hollywood. Um, but Explain. no, I mean, I mean, this is they're they're really starting to reach uh, to try to save the show. I'm ex- I'm kind of excited to see it, but at the same time. Don't give a shit because it's just like the show has been a roller coaster of good and bad. So this could this could be a really interesting season. It could be the end of the show. So I don't know. I mean, give me the actual Ghost Rider and look, and when he's actually like flamed up and driving around in his car, and I want to see that before. I don't care about some guy just leaning against some crates. You know, it's like yeah, you made him look like the character. Okay, good job. 
yeah, it's uh, it didn't do anything for me. I I've read that comic. I actually don't mind that comic. I thought it was actually a pretty neat idea. It's a cool idea. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't care. Um, it's all right, Agents so, of Shield. It's not a Ghostwriter Netflix show. Exactly. Um, you know, last piece of Marvel news uh, before we hit the break. Um, they announced Monsters Unleashed. They are going to be Ooh. doing. Um, well, basically, they're going to redo what they did back in the, I think it's like the 60s and 70s, where they focus on some comics that are monster-related. So Frankenstein's Monster, The Wolfman, uh, probably Dracula will get thrown in there. Like a little bit of the Universal Monsters come to the, uh, the comic book world. Um, and they got some pretty insane writers attached and artists attached. Um, who is it? Cullen Bunn? We'll be writing it. Yeah, it's going to be uh, writing it. And then you have Leno Yu, Steve McNiven, some other Mar- Mark Millar <laughs> artists. <laughs> well, he's showing up, but what do you think of this news? I'm a big fan of Monster Comics. Um, I do have some of the collected uh, ones from the 70s. So, hey, come on, man. That's, that's, I'd love to, I love to see. I'd love to see the big name publishers do other things than just superhero comics. I think that Marvel needs to do something different right now because they're suffering in a way um, that I don't think they've really been down and out before. They're not down and out, but I'm going to say that they're falling behind the eight ball a little bit. So I think doing something like this that's a little bit different, bringing in, you know, bringing in a new, I would say, crew of that crew um new group of readers uh to kind of pick up books again uh who you know maybe people got out of comics because they wanted they didn't see these serial comics in anymore they didn't want to read about superheroes so i think it's a really cool idea um and you know it's a great time to be doing it in the fall around halloween so it's got yeah like i said some, some great talent attached yeah, that's. I mean, that's really what gets me is that the talent is great. Um, I like I like Colin Bunn. I like a lot of the artists. So I will. And, you know, most mostly I I like monsters. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it or I'm gonna read them and, and check them out and see what they're like. Um, so I'm excited. So I think this is a good time to go for our commercial break. <laughs> I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're true cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? (laughs) Well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right second. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi, 
Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Uh, Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowl.com. Geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. All this top 40 music is so boring. Jeez, I sure wish I had something geeky to listen to. Well, I've got just the thing for you, stranger. Who are you and how did you get in my house? Don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcasts around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know. Those Geeks You Know? Wow! Three friends talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you gotta leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You, you gotta leave. I called the cops. We're back from our commercials. Um, let's get into the rest of the episode here. So, real quick, Stranger Things Volume Two or Season Two is coming to Netflix uh, next year. That's it, right? No, no announcement. I don't care. I, I, you know, the fact that it's coming—that's all I care about. Yep. So, very excited for that. Still trying to get my wife to watch that show. She should watch it. Especially yeah. if you like... I actually heard someone uh, talking shit about it. They're like, oh, I mean, basically, like, Goonies, the TV show? And I was like, and the problem is... like, jump off a cliff. Exactly. It is the most popular thing to come out this year. Honestly, it is. Other than, you know, like, there's Civil War, and there's Rebirth, and there's other, like, you know, the Olympics. But Stranger Things is probably the most popular thing that came out in 2016. Fact. Fact. Okay. Moving on. Uh, PlayStation is going to be announcing two new systems tomorrow, and I stress new. I have air quotes around it. Um, There's going to be the PlayStation Neo, which will be a PlayStation 4, but with better graphics, um, supposedly to support... VR, even though VR is supposed to be able to run on PlayStation 4, no problem, just with firmware updates. I don't know. And I think it's because of the compete with the Xbox uh, S, I think is what it was. The Xbox One S or Scorpio or whatever the fuck they called it. Um, And then the PlayStation 4 Slim, which is exactly what I just said, just a slimmer edition. Um, Those are getting announced tomorrow on 9-6, or sorry, 9-7. Um, September 7th, the same day that Apple announces the iPhone uh, 7. 7. What do you think about this? Suck it, suck it, bitches. I I don't care. As long as my PS4 4 still plays games and I can play VR on it, I'm not going to upgrade. And if I have to upgrade, I'm going to be pissed. I don't think you're going to have to upgrade. Um, you know, I, I think... I was having a conversation with somebody about this recently. The thing about the Sony is that they never truly unlock the full potential of their gaming systems until like 10 years later. I look at jumping uh, Rabbit Flash or whatever for the original PlayStation, and then you look at Final Fantasy IX. Yep. The exact same system, completely different games, night and day. 
Um, and, you know, even, yeah, like I think that, that that was like insane. And PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 have done the same things. Like they start out and they're a little wonky. And by the end of it, you get The Last of Us on PlayStation 3. You know what I mean? It's like a beautiful looking game. And PlayStation 4, I think, has been around for what now? Five years, six years, if that. And they, they have not unlocked the potential. You know, I'm on the beta right now um, for the next uh, firmware update. Pretty cool features that they added. Um, a lot more sharing features. Um, a lot easier to, to do party building. Um, more like the uh, Microsoft does where it's just like I can be playing a different game and my friends are playing a completely different game, yet we can still be talking to each other. Um, which I've always been jealous of. Like, so, you know, in, in just cool streaming aspects and it seems to run a little bit tighter, the PlayStation store is a little bit better. I think that they have not even come close to unlocking the potential of the system. So yeah, you know, they do the Neo, maybe it has better graphics, but like if you're going to go and try to tout 4k games, but nobody owns a 4k TV, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like they put 1080p graphics on the PlayStation three when 720 was the most popular system. So it's like you make these systems so far in advance and then you charge a lot of money, but it doesn't matter. So I think like our PlayStation 4s will be able to play VR. I want to play Batman VR. That's the only thing I give a shit about. Damn straight. All right, I'll move on from that. Um, All right, Sony, the worst movie studio in the world, has announced that they want Daniel Craig for two more James Bond films and they're willing to offer him $150 million to do it. What are your thoughts? I have my thoughts. I went on a huge diatribe with my wife about this yesterday, but go on. I like Daniel Craig as James Bond. Um, My wife does not. Um, So I like the gruff James Bond. Skyfall was my favorite James Bond movie ever. It was probably one of my favorite top 20 movies ever. Um, I didn't like Spectre as much, but Spectre is still an okay movie. But, you know, I like Daniel Craig's James Bond, and I would love to see him continue. If not, so be it. But, hey. Here's here's my thing, and I'll, I'll try to keep it down a little bit. I'm a huge James Bond fan, as you guys know. You can read one of my articles on uh, Don't Forget a Towel. I think I go through my, my favorite John's James Bond films or something around there. Sorry. Um, my thing is, is that you should have already done this. Like, you know how successful Skyfall was. One of them, it, it was the most successful Bond film ever made. Um, Spectre, not as good of a film, but still made a lot of money. And then Daniel Craig hits press junket saying that he's never going to be James Bond again that he doesn't want to play the character, he's getting too old, he's over it, et cetera, et cetera. At that time, and even before that, probably while you're shooting um, Spectre, you go after a younger, cheaper actor. And the fact that you didn't do this is stupid beyond fucking stupid. Like, I don't think Daniel Craig's that old, but I know he's in his late 40s. If you really want to do this right, like, find a young actor that nobody hardly knows, cast him as James Bond, put him in movies for the next 10, 20 years, whatever it is that you, ha- you have to do, and give him incremental amounts of money. Start him out at, like, I don't know, $10 million. 
Now you got to offer this guy $75 million to do two movies when you don't even know how well they're going to be. You don't know who's going to be directing them. You don't have scripts. It's like Sony. There's a reason why those emails went out a couple of years ago or last year where you you know, these your own employees are talking about how stupid your fucking movie company is and you make these dumbass choices like a shared universe with Ghostbusters and Men in Black and then your your fucking Ghostbusters film fails, your animated films fail. It's like I, I'm sorry. Like I probably should be doing a hammers of justice because I really am so angry with Sony as a studio right now that they place literally all their bets into James Bond. And now they're going to get that blown in their face when Daniel Craig says, you know what? Fuck you. Yep. Sorry. That's it. Okay. Moving on. (laughs) All right. Um, Oh, yeah. I did put that other stupid Sony thing. They took off uh, the Uncharted movie from their release schedule. Um, They, uh, you know, they were going to... um, do that in 2017 they had a date for it uh now it's dropped so you take one of the most popular video game franchises of all time and you just remove it from your slate yeah we want to get a good movie out of it but like i don't know work work harder to make your movies i know you love fun charity what do you think there's about to be an assassin's creed movie in theaters we don't we have not got an uncharted movie yet come on yeah Exactly, exactly. So, all right. Um, Speaking of movies done right, for the most part, sometimes not, but uh, the Friday the 13th movie series kind of is getting turned into a video game. It started on Kickstarter. It's kind of ballooned since then. Chris and I both backed it, and we got to see a trailer for uh, Jason going through all of his kills um, I personally did not watch it all. I watched about 10, maybe 20 seconds of the minute and a half because I don't want that shit ruined. But uh, did you happen to see it? What did you think? I watched the entire thing and I shared it with you. And yeah, okay. I don't want it's great. Um, it really speaks to the serial killer in all of us and um, can't wait to you know murder people virtually. Thank you for adding that virtually on there or else half of our audience has stopped listening because you're a serial killer. Or the other half will continue to listen to us because they love that shit. As you know, or maybe not know, but we're both really big uh, Friday the 13th fans. Chris more than I am. I'm more Freddy guy, but both oh, really no, no. excited about the franchise. You, well, you, Chris, you like, well, sorry, you like Michael Myers more than both of them. Big Halloween fan. Your, uh, yes. your cousin Chris is a big Friday the 13th fan. So we have, we divvy that shit up, but I love I I love the Jason movies. I think they're they're fun. I I really can't wait for this game. It'll be a lot of a lot of good times, whichever side you choose to play as. So exactly, um, I'm gonna go down to the bottom one because I want to save the good stuff for last, and this isn't part of it. Okay. Star Trek Discovery um, companion novels and comics announced by uh, IDW and Simon Schuster. Um, the show is set uh, five years before Kirk's voyage and in the prime universe, meaning not the movie universe. Um, so what do you think about Star Trek Discovery going into comic book form? What do you think about the TV show in general? We saw that sneak peek at San Diego Comic-Con. 
which is basically nothing. But uh, what are you? What are your thoughts? I'm excited. I I'm ready for a new Star Trek show. I like I like the time period that they set it in. I actually um I just started watching Deep Space Nine recently, so I'm like plugging through that. Um, I loved I loved Star Trek Beyond this summer. I thought it was a great movie. So the Star Trek universe is alive and well, and I think it's it's time for a new new TV show. And as all these franchises are, franchises are doing, they're they're creating this huge verse of different media uh, with books and comics. And, you know, it's probably a good way just to kind of introduce the characters um, that are going to be featured in the show, uh, kind of like prequels maybe. It's not really announced what these will be yet, uh, but the writer of the show is going to be involved with both the books and the comics. So it'll be nice to see that um, that'll be coercive with what's going on in the show, I guess. Brian Fuller, then? Uh, he's the show creator. The writer is somebody else. Uh, oh, okay. Um, you know, both of our wives are huge Trekkies while we're Star Wars guys. Um, I give Star Trek a lot of shit. Ironically enough, I've seen every single Star Trek movie. I've seen every single Star Trek TV show. <laughs> I, you know, and, and I've probably seen Next Generation many times over. Um, I actually have an autograph from Captain Janeway um, for Voyager. Like, I, I actually am a Trekkie. It's just that, you know, when you have to put the two between um, Star Wars and Star Trek, it's apples and oranges. I will watch Discovery, especially, I know, since she'll want to watch it. Um, I want to see a little bit more information first before I can get excited. I mean, seeing a ship come out of an asteroid belt or whatever, didn't, or an asteroid base, uh, didn't do anything for me. So for right now, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I know I'm going to be there day one as soon as stuff starts rolling out. I'm, in, I'm excited because it's going to be more like uh, like the TV shows we watch now where it's the whole season tells the story what's going on. Star Trek was always kind of episodic. Um, you know, some of the some of the shows kind of developed more towards what current TV does, but it'll be cool to see that. The the writer and producer of the show is her name is Kirsten Bear. Um, so she'll be partnering up and working to roll out these projects. Also, little side note, uh, Nicholas Meyer, who is the writer of uh, several of the uh, the movies, uh, including Wrath of Khan, will be writing an episode. Of- of this show too, so that's it's cool to see uh, it's all coming together. Kind of uh, that'll get you know Star Trek fans and and fans are like very excited. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's one of those things. Star Trek is is timeless, you know. Um, beyond, I want to say almost flew below the radar. I mean, I'm thinking about my weekly roundup on Don't Forget a Tall and I. I don't even remember if Star Trek Beyond was number one. And if it was, it was maybe one week. It really, it really flew underneath the radar. It probably at this point, and I haven't looked at box office mojo to see if it made its money back, but I, I thought it was a fantastic movie, but like this year has just been a shit year for movies in general and movies that you thought were going to be huge, you know, like Independence Day 2, like didn't go anywhere. So it's like, Star Trek is never going to go anywhere, I don't think. But right now, it's kind of like, you know, is this show going to do good? You know, what's the budget going to be like? Who are the actors in it? Like, since I don't have enough information, I am excited. I just 
you know, I'm holding off on it. It's not like it's Westworld where I saw that and I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest sci-fi thing I've ever seen. But um, anyway, uh, let's, I want to kind of end the, the end of the news with um, something kind of personal um, and not at the same time. Chris and I are really big Valiant fans from the 90s. Um, and I'd say in the last, what is it, three years when they started Valiant, uh, is, it, is it Valiant Next? Was that their initiative that they announced? I, I forget. Yeah, it was something like that. Now it's the future of Valiant. Uh, I yes. forget what it was before. So, um, okay, sorry. It is Valiant. It is Valiant Next. So they they started that um, in 2015, actually. So actually, it's only been a year. But what they did to that initiative in the comics is just something insane. Like, they relaunched pretty much all of their titles from the 90s and just reinvented these characters, reintroduced these characters. Um, and it's been fantastic. And one of the things that kind of sucks... Or maybe not because I like to introduce people is like a lot of people don't know Valiant. Like there are some hardcore Valiant people, but I would say for the majority of people, they don't know. But then at the same time, it's like they always sell out. Like they always sell out at comic book stores and you know, they have to go into second, third, fifth um, reprints because the fan base that is there is so fervent and so like, oh my God, I'm buying all these Valiants and I don't care what the title is, whatever. Um, another thing about Valiant that the big two can't do is that they are allowed to use writers um, from the big two. Whereas Jeff Lemire was working on Green Arrow, but he couldn't work on anything from Marvel. When his contract ended, he could go over to Marvel, but he couldn't go back to DC and etc. So Jeff Lemire, though, he's writing Bloodshot. And nobody has a problem with that. Robert Venditti is working on one of the Green Lantern series for DC, but he's also working on um, on Valiant titles. So you get a lot of amazing artists and a lot of amazing writers in Valiant that fly underneath the radar. Um, so, uh, you know, going off of that... Matt Kent. Matt Kent is writing Ninjack, which is my actual favorite Um uh, character in all of uh, in all of Valiant, and that's actually one of the the stories I want to say was that um, Superpower Beatdown, um, which those is what? people are uh, Superpower Beatdown is a series on it, Bat in the Sun Productions. It's on YouTube where fans get to vote on who would win between Wolverine versus. Um, I can't remember, like Lobo, Darth Vader versus, uh, what was the Darth Vader? Batman, um, Tommy the Green Ranger, uh, you know, played by uh, Jason David Frank versus, I don't know, like Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow, right? Whatever, <laughs> whatever the case may be. They take some of your greatest franchise people and they, and they fight together. And the, they usually make an ending where, you know, one person wins and then the, another ending where another person wins. Um, and they're very well made. They have really good co- choreographers and stunt 
people who are working in the industry now who also then go and, and you know, use their talents for the show. Hmm. So Superpower Beatdown is teaming up with Valiant to produce a Ninjak web series starring Michael Rowe, who is Deadshot on Arrow. Um, he obviously got killed off on the show when the Suicide Squad movie got announced and Will Smith was going to be taking on the character's role. But it's really nice to see Michael Rowe uh, taking on my favorite Valiant character. Um, he was an awesome Deadshot on, uh, on Arrow. So what do you think of, of that news? So this is a live-action series. Yes. Backed by um, Valiant. Backed by Valiant, and they also haven't announced yet who else is coming. Um, it's been hinted that uh, Jason David Frank or Tommy the Green Ranger could be Bloodshot. Um, Exo Man of War would show up. Uh, Harbinger Wars and Har- you know would show up. Maybe Archer and Armstrong. The thing is, is like right now Valiant has their fingers in many pots. They want to or pies, whatever. They want to do te- like movies. Right. Though I think they teamed up with Sony, unfortunately. That was what um, I was going to say. Like they've been trying to develop this cinematic universe, which hasn't been moved along at all, as you know. Right. Sony's good at that, but um, but this seems like a really good way to do it. Yeah, this is like to me when I heard the announcement. Like Michael Rowe um, kind of put on uh, Instagram, it was like just his eyes, and then underneath it was the Valiant symbol. And, like, if you know a ninja, you just see his eyes and his hair, and, like, that's it. Like, you don't see anything else with the character. I mean, you do, but, like, that's... We know that he was going to be ninja, regardless. So that got my interest really peaked, and especially with the Superpower Beatdown people, it's like they're producing... I won't say Hollywood-level shorts, but, like, at least for Hollywood-level choreography and fight scenes, I mean, like, these guys know how to fucking... Fight. And if they get a little bit of a budget behind them um, with Valiant, I, I think that this could be like, this is might be the way to do it. You know, you're going to get a little bit harder doing Exo Man of War. He goes into space. He does time traveling. Uh, bloodshot. Bloodshot could be done realistically. Um, but this is crazy. I, I, I'm pumped. That's, that's what I really don't understand about their agreement with Sony. Valiant being an independent comic company and wanting to produce, you know, independent comics and doing a great job at it. Why would you team up with a megalomania company like Sony instead of doing something like this in the first place? So the thing about the Sony announcement that came probably last year. Mm-hmm. And I think it came early at last year. And I think it came around the time of the Sony leaks. So at that time, um, and maybe maybe even before that it came out, there was no Sony, Spider-Man, and Marvel uh, collaboration. That collaboration, I think, kind of maybe blew up some things because then it's like, oh, uh, we got Marvel behind us, but we own all the Spider-Man's catalog. We can do a Venom movie. We can do a Sinister Six movie in a, the right way. Um, and they might have pushed you know, Valiant aside, because, you know, we know who these characters are, and there are there is obviously a huge audience, but you put a picture of Exo Manowar up next to Spider-Man or Iron Man, no one in most households are going to know who that is. 
And Sony might have gotten behind Marvel instead of, you know, really pushing the, uh, the Valiant side of things. But for that audience of Valiant, of Valiant people and introducing a new audience, I don't think a web series is a bad idea. Test the waters. Don't spend a big budget. Uh, Michael Rowe was on Arrow, but I don't know what else he's really been doing lately. So it's like, I and he's not, he's got a daredevil, or daredevil as far as like street level. He doesn't have to go big CGI. You know what I mean? Like he just needs to know how to fight and do some ninja type shit. Uh, Bloodshot, you know, he's got a lot of bullets and stuff, but he doesn't have to go too hardcore. Um, it, like I said, it's where you get Exo Man of War, where he's flying. He's got like that lightning type sword thing, and like they just really need to keep it more street level with their characters and test the water. Archer and Armstrong, yeah. they could do well. Ivar, that's hard because you're doing time travel. Um, but do some of their street level characters, and I, and I think uh, Quantum and Woody, I think that they could they could do very well with this this web series. I guess we'll find out next month, huh? I guess so. So they plan on doing an announcement at uh, New York Comic Con. Um, also, before that, uh, Valiant will be shown or showing up to Buffalo Comic Con, and I will be there, actually working with Valiant. Um, I, I was really lucky last year to work with a team, um, you know, pushing their comics. I'll be honest with you, I had no idea that there were so many Valiant fans until I worked at that Comic-Con. <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, in Buffalo, of all places, even though it's the second biggest city in New York State, like, we sold out a lot. And I was shocked. And I would imagine it's going to be even bigger this year because Valiant's been really kicking ass, and they've even branched away from some of their staple characters. Um and doing some more kind of weird stuff like Generation Zero, um, Britannia, like Faith has been blowing up. So it's going to be a really good Comic-Con. So if you get a chance, you're in the Buffalo uh, area or just the Western New York area, uh, it's going to be September 17th and 18th um, in Buffalo, New York. Just look up the Buffalo Comic-Con. You can come see me. I will high-five you, and I will probably try to sell you on some Ninjax swag. Damn right. Like that mug you got me. Awesome. Oh my god. It's my favorite coffee mug of all time. And I got you the Ninjax shirt. And we oh we bought some mini mates. Next time. Uh, I'm not I'm not a small. That one goes to my <laughs> wife. <laughs> the beer makes me not a small, my friend. That's it. It was uh it was goals to, to work toward. That's all right. I'll take it. Awesome. I'll 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 live vicariously through my wife as she wears it. There you go. So, anywho, um, check check us out there. Uh, where can you find us online, Chris? We are on most of the social medias. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Don't Forget to Tell One. Uh, Instagram and Twitter is D F A T O W E L D F A T O W E L. So hit us up on any of those. Uh, follow us. Throw some, uh, you know, any kind of feedback what you'd like to see on future episodes, what we're doing right, wrong. We don't care. We would love to hear from you. Uh, where can you find us in the podcast verse? 
Yeah, you can take a listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher. If you listen to us on iTunes, rate and review us. Five stars are awesome. That'd be great. Um, as you said at the beginning of the cast, I know you guys have been listening. It really means a lot to us. We thank you for coming to the podcast. I know we promised that the, uh, well, after I got married in May, that we were going to be more consistent with the episodes. I think we've been, we've been doing a pretty good job. Obviously, you guys are listening, so we really, really appreciate that. Um, if you want to email us, don't forget to tell one at gmail.com. Give us some show ideas, send us some questions, we'll read them on air. Um, give us feedback. So we really, really are happy. And obviously, go to don'tforgetatala.com for all things geekly, news, reviews, interviews, um, you know, your source for daily content on uh, what's happening in the geekly universe. Um, this is Casey saying thanks a lot for listening. And this is Chris. Bye.